You're listening to the Qalam Institute podcast series, Sira, Life of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Qalam is pleased to announce that admissions for the next Qalam seminary intake are now open. For more information, please visit qalaminstitute.org. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inshallah, continuing with our series on the life of the Prophet Asiratu Nabawiya, the prophetic biography. Um, in the previous session, we basically concluded the study of the Battle of Badr. Um, in the previous session, we talked about um, the news of the Battle of Badr and the defeat of the Quraysh at Badr, the victory of the Muslims, reaching back to Mecca and some of the reactions that occurred there in Mecca. And then we also talked about the Meccans sending um, or coming themselves and sending people for basically the secure of, the, of their prisoners, to secure the release of the prisoners that were taken by the Muslims at the, at the Battle of Badr. What's usually mentioned next year in the study of the seerah, in the study of the Battle of Badr is such as Imam Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala, Ibn Ishaq from the Muhaddithun, uh, you have Ibn Ishaq, uh, Ibn Hisham, Ibn Kathir from the scholars of the seerah. Um, what they usually do at this particular time is they list the names of all 313 companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Sahabatul Kiram, Ridwanullahi Ta'ala Alayhim Ajma'in, who participated in the Battle of Badr. Of course, I'm not going to go through all of them, um, not because it's not important, um, but I just won't be doing so here. Uh, I would probably refer you to some other uh, seerah book or some seerah material where you can definitely go and find their names. Um, However, what I, what I did want to mention, even though I'm not reading through all the names over here, is the significance. Now, this is something I was explaining to the students at the seminary as well, that the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, if you know a little bit about Imam Bukhari, Imam Bukhari is in a, not just a scholar of the Ahadith, not just a scholar of the Sunnah and Hadith, and a compiler of the Sunnah and the Hadith, he is also a, an, um, a qualifier or a critiquer of Hadith and Sunnah. That doesn't mean that he critiques the Sunnah itself, but what he does is he ver- he's a verifier of the Sunnah and the Hadith, where he verifies the chains of narrations by means of which we arrive at the Sunnah and the Hadith of the Prophet and. What Imam Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala did was he practiced an extreme level of diligence. He was extremely particular when he compiled his Sahih together, what we call the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, Sahihul Bukhari. He practiced an extreme level of diligence, caution, care. He was extremely particular about what he chose and what he placed within that Sahih. So he chose the most authentic, of the most authentic, of the most authentic that he had come across. So because of that, the Sahih Imam Bukhari, when we as common folks, when we look at it, we probably think it's really big, it's really huge. There's a ton of ahadith there. But in reality, there's not that many ahadith there. It's about 6,000 ahadith. Now we hear that number and we're like, oh my goodness. I don't think I've ever read 6,000 hadith in my life. Total. That being said, when you actually look at some of the other collections of hadith, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad has over 20,000 ahadith in it. 
So when you look at the grand scheme of things, the Sahih of Imam Bukhari is a very brief, short, concise compilation. And so Imam Bukhari, every single thing that he put in there, he put in there for a very specific reason and purpose. And he was very, like I said multiple times, he was very careful and very particular about what he placed there. And now thinking about the fact that in spite of all of that, and his methodology and who he was and why he did what he did, for Imam Bukhari ta'ala to place the names of all 313 Sahaba who participated in the Battle of Badr, that is a very remarkable thing. And it actually, he does so to teach us a lesson. To respect the people that came before us, particularly those earlier generations, specifically the generation of the Sahaba, and amongst them, the earlier Sahaba who sacrificed when things were extremely difficult. When Muslims were greatly outnumbered, that the people who stood tall at that time, and the people who stood by the side of the Prophet ﷺ at that time, they deserve the utmost respect from us. And our entire tradition, our entire deen, our history is built on the backs of those people. And on the sacrifices of those individuals. So it's very important that we remember them and we respect them and we hold them in high regard. So I wanted to start today's session with something very powerful. Just a little bit of a mention of some of the virtues of the people who participated in the Battle of Badr. I wanted to talk about it here. So first and foremost, one of the young men who participated in the Battle of Badr, his name was Haritha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. His mother came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he was one of the martyrs of the Battle of Badr. There were only 14 Sahaba who died on Badr, he was one of them. And his mother was extremely, very, very saddened by the loss of her son and very sad about his death. And so she said, Ya Rasulullah, qad arafta manzilata haritha minni. You know how beloved my son Haritha was to me. فَإِنْ الْجَنَّةِ أَصْبِرْ وَأَحْتَسِبْ If he is in paradise, I will be patient and hope for reward from Allah. وَإِنْ تَكُنِ الْأُخْرَى تَرَى مَا أَصْنَعْ And she wouldn't even, she said, I can't even say the name of the other place. But if he's in the other place, then I'm not even sure what I will do. She said, literally it translates to, you will see what I will do. But what it means actually in Arabic is, I don't even know what I'm going to do. So she was very distraught at the loss of her son. So the Prophet says, Wayhaki, oh habilti. Like, you know, again, there was a relationship here. So he's basically saying, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? jannatun wahidatun here? You ask me if he's in Jannah? Which in Arabic literally translates to a garden, one garden of paradise. Innaha jinanun kathira. Forget about one garden, multiple gardens. And he doesn't just only have multiple gardens. Wa innahu fi jannatil firdaus. He is in jannatil firdaus. He is in the highest levels of paradise. Close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a hadith of Bukhari. So this was the reward. In another narration, he says, Inna ibnaki asab al-firdaus al-a'la. Your son is in the highest levels of paradise because he was a martyr from the battle of Badr. In another narration, and this is kind of a longer story, and we're going to come across it eventually whenever we get there in the seerah. But basically at the time of Fathu Makkah, there was a sahabi who had participated 
in the his name was Hatib ibn Abi Balta'a. Hatib ibn Abi Balta'a. He had participated in the Battle of Badr. Later on, years later, when Fath Makkah, the conquest of Makkah was happening, he unfortunately leaked some in, or attempted to leak some information about the Prophet ﷺ marching towards Makkah to, to the Meccans. He had a very specific reason for doing so, but the Prophet ﷺ was informed by Jibreel ﷺ that this was happening. The Prophet ﷺ sent Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala anhu um, to go and basically bring this man back and get the letter, or rather, excuse me, get the letter, the information that he is trying to leak, get that letter, that information back. And then he called for Hatib bin Abi Balta'a, and he wanted to ask him, why would you do such a thing, Hatib? You've been with us from the early days. Why would you do this? And just so you don't misunderstand, part of his reasoning was, and it's actually very profound, his reasoning. He said, I have zero doubts that you are the Messenger of Allah. I have zero doubts in Allah, I have zero doubts in the Quran, and I have zero doubts in the fact that you are the Messenger of Allah. And I know that the help of Allah is on your side. I was there in Badr, watching angels come down into battlefield, into the battlefield. I was there. I have zero doubts about this. So I know Allah is going to grant you victory. I have family that is still being held hostage in Mecca. I have family, they are Muslims, that are still being held, he was a muhajir, who are still being held hostage in Mecca by some of the mushrikun. I was going to leak this information to them so that they would release my family because I know Allah is going to grant you victory. Allah has already guaranteed victory. So that was his reasoning. Nevertheless, he was, the Prophet ﷺ summoned him. He comes to the Prophet ﷺ. Umar ibn Khattab anhu, was very distraught, was extremely upset that one of their own people would do this and leak information. So, Anna Umar istadhana Rasulullah fi darbi Umar anhu told the Prophet ﷺ, allow me to take care of him. Allow me to deal with him. He's a traitor. Let me deal with him. فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ خَانَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ He lied to Allah and His Messenger and He, de- he deceived the believers. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَا يَا عُمَرَ No, 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 Umar. إِنَّهُ قَدْ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا He was there on Badr. Did you forget? He was there with us in Badr. وَمَا يُدْرِيكَ لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ إِطَّلَ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ بَدْرِ What do you even know about what is the position of the people of Badr in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the sight of God? These are people very beloved to God, very beloved to Allah, the people of Badr. And he said, اِعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said to them, go and do whatever it is that you want, because I have already forgiven your sins in advance. In another narration of Bukhari, he says, Alaysa min ahli Badr, is this man not from the people of Badr? That's what is the position of the people of Badr in the sight of Allah? Go and do whatever it is that you want because paradise was already mandated for you. You are already from the people of paradise. So this was the reward of the people of Badr. In another narration about Hatib, this same man that we're talking about, somebody passed a comment at that time. Ya Rasulullah. You know, people got very emotional. It's a very precarious situation. Right? So they got very, it was, got very emotional. Somebody said, Ya Rasulullah, لَيَدْخُلَنَّ حَاطِبٌ النَّارَ Oh Messenger of God, Hatib is going to hell. 
Somebody got a little too emotional? Said, most definitely, O Messenger of God, Hatib, he's going to hell. فَقَالَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وسلم, The Prophet said, كَذَبْتْ You lie. You don't know what you're talking about. This is a lie. لَا يَدْخُلُهَا He will never go to hell. He will never go to the fire of hell. Why? فَإِنَّهُ شَهِدَ بَدْرًا Because he participated in the battle of Badr. And so similar narrations are also mentioned. Lastly and finally, the Prophet ﷺ, two narrations I'll share with you, very brief. The Prophet ﷺ, in another narration from Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says, Inni la arju badran, insha'Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, My hope from God, my hope with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like my dua to Allah, is that none of the people who participated, participated in the battle of Badr will go to the fire of hell. They are all people of paradise. And then the last narration I'll share with you, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala mentions this in his Sahih, that um, Rifa'at ibn Rafi'a, Rifa'at ibn Rafi'a radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was from the people of Badr, his son relates from him, that he said that Jibreel alayhi salam, ja'an Jibreel ila Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Jibreel alayhi salam came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, مَا تَعُدُّونَ أَهْلَ بَدْرٍ فِيكُمْ مَا تَعُدُّونَ أَهْلَ بَدْرٍ فِيكُمْ What is the status of the people of Badr amongst you? Like meaning amongst the Muslim community, Jibreel asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what is the status of the people of Badr from amongst you? The Prophet ﷺ said they are, they are con considered to be the most virtuous of the believers. Or something similar to that. And Jibreel ﷺ said, Not just amongst the Muslims, not just amongst the human beings, the angels that were sent by Allah into the battlefield on the day of Badr are considered to be the most virtuous of all the angels. Just like the Badri Sahaba, the Sahaba of Badr are the envy, are the, the, the role models, or are people that all the other Muslims look up to. All the angel, other angels look up to the angels who came down in the battlefield of Badr, on the day of Badr. So this, this is just a little bit about some of the virtues of Badr and the virtues of those who participate in Badr. What I wanted to do here, um, here in today's session, um, and inshallah I'm going to try um, not to take too long with this, but what the scholars of the seerah usually do at the conclusion, we spent quite a number of weeks talking about the build-up to Badr, the actual event of Badr, some of the aftermath of Badr, because it is such a pivotal, such a huge moment from the life of the Prophet ﷺ and from the history of Islam, that one thing that the scholars then mention is that one of the very unique surahs in the Qur'an, and that's why this is an opinion of some of the scholars of Ulum al-Qur'an, that Surah Al-Anfal, surah number 8, actually came down in its entirety. It is one of the rare surahs of the Qur'an, a lengthier, from amongst the lengthier surahs, it is one of the rare surahs of the Qur'an that it came down in its entirety, or at the very least, the majority of it came down at one time, at the time of Badr. Because basically, the entire surah from beginning to end talks about the battle of Badr, and you see the entire battle of Badr laid out in the words, in the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the Qur'an. 
So I wanted us to be able to kind of go through it briefly and be able to appreciate exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us and teaching us here in Surah Al-Anfal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off by saying, يَسَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْأَنفَالِ قُلِ الْأَنفَالُ لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَأَصْلِحُوا ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ That they ask you about the spoils of war. So say that the spoils of war belong to Allah and His Messenger. So be conscious of Allah. Make sure that things amongst you are good. And obey Allah and His Messenger if you truly are believers. That Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say that the believers are those people that when the name of Allah is mentioned, their hearts shake and tremble. And when the ayat, the signs of Allah are recited upon them, then their iman, their faith increases. And they continue to grow in their trust and reliance upon their Lord and Master. They are the people who establish prayer, and from what we have granted them, they continue to spend in the path of Allah. Those people, they without a doubt are the believers. Uh, they are the truthful believers, specifically reserved for them, are very high stages near their Lord, and forgiveness is reserved for them, and a great, a very noble sustenance is arranged for them. كَمَا أَخْرَجَكَ رَبُّكَ مِنْ بَيْتِكَ بِالْحَقِّ وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لَكَارِهُونَ That just as you were, your Lord made you come out from your home for a rightful cause, a group from amongst the believers was initially hesitant to leave their homes for the battle of Badr. يُجَادِلُونَكَ فِي الْحَقِّ they, they were disagreeing or arguing with you in regards to the truth after it had been clarified. It was almost as if they were being dragged to their deaths while they were looking on. Like they could see themselves walking towards their death. وَإِذْ يَعِدُكُمُ اللَّهُ إِحْدَى الطَّائِفَتَيْنِ That remember the time when Allah promised that you would get one of the two groups. Either the caravan of Abu Sufyan or the army coming from Mecca, the Quraysh. And you wanted وَتَوَدُّونَ أَنَّ غَيْرَ ذَاتِ شَوْكَةِ تَكُنُ لَكُمْ You preferred that you would be able to intercept the caravan and you would not have to fight the army of the Quraysh. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to expose the truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to take the legs out of the disbelievers from underneath them. So that the truth may be exposed and the falsehood may be, you know, exposed at the same time. The truth may be elevated and the falsehood may be exposed. Even if these criminals never wanted this to happen. Remember the time when you were praying crying, calling out to your master, asking him for his assistance. And he answered your prayers and he said that I will aid you and support you through a thousand angels, one riding down after another. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not do this except to bring you peace and tranquility and to congratulate you. And so that your hearts would find peace and serenity. And help only comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And without a doubt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is mighty, he is dominant, and he is extremely wise. There is wisdom and everything he does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember the time when you started falling asleep in the middle of the battlefield. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down rain upon you from the sky so that it may purify you. And this would remove from you the filth of the shaitan, the doubts shaitan was putting in your mind. And so that Allah would strengthen your hearts and he would fir firmly plant your feet onto the ground. Remember the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angels he told the angels that I am with you, that he sent the angels with the message that I am with you. Allah is with the believers. And he told the angels, go and support the believers. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, very soon I will put fear, I will strike fear into the hearts of those who disbelieve. And they commanded the angels, so go and strike down those who dare to raise their arms against the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa This is all because those people would not relent in their opposition to Allah and His Messenger. And whoever opposes Allah and His Messenger, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very harsh in dealing with such people. That, all of it, is this is exactly why everything transpired. So now deal with the consequences of your choices. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared the punishment of the fire of hell for those who reject belief in God. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to mention that all oh, you who believe when you meet those who disbelieve in the battlefield, zahfan, and they are basically advancing towards you, do not turn your backs and run. Whoever will turn their back and run, unless it's for strategic purposes, like, so this is the Qur'an basically saying that the Qur'an is not addressing, you know, um, like, it's not talking about it in literal terms. Not saying that you literally cannot turn around. Like if you turn around to swerve around and go around from behind the enemy, it's a strategy that's a different thing. But what it means is running from the battlefield. That whoever will run from the fight, um, whoever will run from the fight, then that person will go back home with the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon him. And that person will end up in the fire of hell. And that is the worst place that a person could end up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then reminds the Prophet and the believers that when you killed Anybody from amongst the disbelievers, it was not you who killed them, but it was rather Allah who killed them. It was not you who launched arrows. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he threw the dirt and it went into the eyes of the disbelievers, it is not you who threw the dirt when you threw it, rather it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who made the dirt land in their eyes. This was all done so that the believers would be tested would be tried and tested. And they came, and this was a good test for them. This was something that proved their mettle. In Allah Samiyun Alim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is listening and knowing of everything. All of this transpired so that Allah could humiliate and Allah could completely deconstruct the plan of the disbelievers. If you seek victory, then victory comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then victory will come to you from Allah. And if So it's now it's basically addressing the disbelievers. If you want victory, then go then Victory came to you, but not how you hoped. Meaning you were defeated. If it's victory you wanted, victory came, but just not on your side, on the other side. If you stop, leave this fight, and walk away from the battlefield now, that's what's best for you. But if you come back to the battlefield, we will come back to the battlefield to fight as well. And no matter how many people you come to the battlefield with, it will not help you because you're fighting against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah is with the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the believers now, O you who believe, obey Allah and His Messenger, and do not turn away from Allah while you are listening. Don't be like those people who say we heard, when in reality they weren't paying attention at all. The worst types of the creation of God are the ones who are 
unable to hear the truth and unable to speak the truth and the people who just not are not able to critically think about what is right and wrong. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that there was anything good in these people at all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have made them hear the truth. But Allah knew that even if He made them hear the truth, these people would still turn their backs on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah reminds the believers once again, O oh, you who believe, answer the call of Allah and the Messenger when Allah calls you to that which is beneficial for you. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically is between a person and their heart. Meaning Allah knows you better than you know yourself. And it is to Allah that we all, that all of you have to return. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, be very cautious of a test that will not only afflict a group of people amongst you, but every single person would be afflicted with such a test. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very harsh in dealing with the people who do not come through in the test that Allah gives to them. وَذْكُرُوا Allah says, remember, you were a very, very small, weak number in the earth. You were afraid that people were going to crush you. But then Allah gave you a home in Medina. And He helped you and He aided you. And He gave you sustenance and took care of you. So that you may be grateful. And this is your opportunity to prove how grateful you are. Allah again reminds the believers here that never ever be deceitful. Don't turn your back, don't be dishonest with Allah and His Messenger. And because if you do so, you would be dishonest in a trust that was given to you when you knew better. Know that sometimes even a person's own personal property, even a person's own family can become a test for that person. Because when Allah and His Messenger are telling you it's time to sacrifice, now is the time to basically do what needs to be done, and you stay back because of your personal indulgences, or your personal attachments to things, then that now becomes a test for you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a great reward waiting for people who are willing to make the sacrifices that need to be made. Again in ayah number 29, Allah reminds the believers, in That if you continue to be conscious of Allah, he will grant you a clear proof and evidence. He will grant you the understanding that will distinguish between right and wrong. He will remove, wipe your sins away from you. He will forgive all of your sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is some Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala possesses great reward and great benevolence. That when those people who disbelieved, when they try to hatch their plans against you, and they do it so that either they may trap you, or they may kill you, or they can once again exile you from your own homes, they let them continue to play their tricks because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the master planner. When our signs are recited upon them, they say, قَدْ سَمِعْنَا we heard this before. We could have made up this type of stuff. These are nothing but stories that people tell. So what do you think the big deal is? You come here telling us these stories, we can similarly tell you stories as well. And then they go and they don't just stop there. They go on to say that, Oh God, Oh Allah, Oh God of the Muslims, if this is the truth, what Muhammad says, then rain down stones upon us from the sky. Bring to us the worst punishment that you can bring to us. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah will not destroy them. Allah will not punish them so long as you, O Muhammad, are amongst them. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never destroys a people so long as there is the slightest possibility that they might turn back and seek forgiveness. And why wouldn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy them? Meaning that every reason aside from their own personal forgiveness, their salvation, there is no other reason why Allah would not destroy them right now immediately. Why? Look at what these people have done. Look what their track record is. They block people from the masjid, al-haram, the Kaaba. Even though they don't they are not the rightful caretakers. They are not the rightful custodians of the house of Allah because only God-fearing, God-conscious people should be the custodians of the house of God. But most of these people, they don't even understand. They don't know these things. That Look how they pray. Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ salatukum. Look how they worship at the Kaaba. They do so whistling and clapping. So Allah says, فَذُوقُوا الْعَذَابَ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْفُرُونَ Taste the punishment that is a direct outcome and a result of the disbelief that you people demonstrated. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَكُمْ لِيَصُدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ That Allah says that those people who disbelieve, they continue to spend their wealth to block people from the path of Allah. They don't spend it in the path of Allah, they spend it to block people from the path of God. Let them keep on spending, they're gonna keep on spending it, but very soon they're going to regret everything they've done, and then they will be defeated by Allah and His Messenger And those who disbelieve will be dragged off to the fire of hell. May Allah protect us all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah 37, So that Allah, Allah made all of this happen so that He could distinguish between what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala piles the evil, the bad, the wretched on top of itself and then eventually He will put it into the fire of hell. Those are the people who are clearly losers in this life and losers in the next life. Now Allah tells the Prophet ﷺ, Now O Muhammad, you say to those people who disbelieved that if you stop, you return back and go back home, you could still be forgiven for everything that you've done. But if you continue to persist, then look what happened to the people that came before you that chose to oppose Allah and His Messenger. And then Allah, Allah tells the Muslims, this is one of the ayat, surah number 8, ayah number 39, that there's usually... Or some people try to create controversy about this ayah. And fight them. Until there is no other, there is no fitna, there is no disruption on the earth. Right? There is no problem on the earth. And the entire deen belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a lot of times people try to misconstrue this, but this is in the context of Badr. Now Allah is saying, after you've given them multiple warnings, you've tried to talk to them, you've tried to explain the issue to them, now if they still come and stand in the battlefield, now you fight them. And you fight them until victory is not achieved. But again Allah says, if they stop, if they're willing to leave the battlefield, then Allah will watch them from there on. You don't have to fight them. Allah will keep an eye on them. Allah will watch them. If they turn back, فَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ in تَوَلَّوا And if uh, they turn back, فَعْلَمُوا Then know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect you. نِعْمَ الْمَوْلَى وَنِعْمَ النَّصِيرِ Meaning you won't have to go after them. Allah will deal with them and Allah will protect you from them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now gives some of these ayats that we're going to talk about here to close out the surah. These ayats talk about the aftermath of the battle of Badr. 
And some very, very powerful, important guidance here. And you can see the whole, basically, context of the battle being laid out here in this surah. Allah says that, remember, know this for a fact, that everything that you come back from the battlefield, the spoils of war, then a fifth of it belongs to Allah and His Messenger, and that is to be used for either the family of the Prophet ﷺ, the orphans, the poor, those who might be traveling and in a destitute situation, if you truly believe in Allah. And what he, what we send down upon our slave Muhammad on the day that truth was separated from falsehood, on the day that the two great armies met, the Battle of Badr, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is fully capable over each and every single thing. Meaning, when you come back with the spoils of war, then some of what you come back with is supposed to go back to benefiting the community. Remember Allah says, when you were on the near side of the valley and they were on the far side of the valley and the caravan had now passed you by, was completely on the other side. At that time, If you would have made an appointment, You would have missed your appointment. Meaning if you had other plans, your other plans were not going to happen. Allah had already made plans for you on that day. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already made plans and that was so that whosoever dies, dies clearly with the truth having been established and whoever continues to live after today knows exactly what is right and wrong and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing and all, lis- uh, all, all listening and all knowing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then goes on to say, إِذْ يُرِيكَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنَامِكَ قَلِيلًا Allah showed you in your sleep, in your dream that they were very few. The Prophet ﷺ was shown that the mushrikun were very small in number. Allah says, if we would have shown you that they were very large in number, you would have failed in your mission. And people would have started fighting amongst one another about what to do. Should we fight? Should we go back home? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected everybody from this problem that could have easily occurred. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's in the hearts. Allah knows our weaknesses better than we do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed you to them. When they saw you in the battlefield, they thought that you were fewer than you were. And why was that detrimental to them? I explained in the session. Because that made them a little overconfident. There's nothing as dangerous as when you underestimate the enemy. When you underestimate your opponent, they underestimated you. And again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it happen this way so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could execute His plan. And everything at the end of the day goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, Allah reminds the believers here that, O oh, you who believe, when you meet the army in the battlefield, then stand firm, continue to remember Allah, وَذْكُرُ kathiran, Make lots of dhikr in the battlefield. So that may you may achieve victory. This is the lesson in, surah, in, in the battle of Badr. Right? Number one, you'd make whatever sacrifice you are capable of making, and then you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You put your faith and your trust in Allah, but at the same time, you do whatever it is that you are physically capable of doing. Obey Allah and His Messenger. Do not fight amongst one another. Because if you do so, then you will fail. All of your energy, all of your strength will be gone. Continue to stand firm and be patient. Because Allah's... Allah is with those who are patient and those who stand firm. Do not be like those people, the Quraysh, the Mushrikun. They left their homes overconfident, arrogant, showing off to the people, trying to block people from the path of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
Allah is keeping full track of everything that these people are doing. That remember the time when Allah subhanahu wa when, when the shaitan, he deluded those people. He made them think that they were stronger or better or, or more correct than they were. And shaitan told them, nobody's going to be able to defeat you today. And I will look out for you, I will protect you. But when the two armies met in the battlefield and they saw one another, Shaitan turned on his heels and he ran from the battlefield like a coward. And he said that I have nothing to do with you people. I'm not with the Quraysh, I'm not with the Meccans. Because I see what you do not see. Angels coming down into the battlefield. I fear God because Allah is very severe in His punishment. Remember when the Munafiqun, that there were hypocrites slithering about amongst the ranks of the believers. Remember when the hypocrites and those people who had diseases in their hearts, they started saying that these Muslims, they are foolish. These Muslims are foolhardy. They're foolish. But remember, whoever puts their faith and trust in Allah, then Allah is very strong, very firm, dominant and wise. If you could have only seen, if you could have only seen the angels striking down the disbelievers and telling them that taste the painful, blazing, fiery punishment of the fire of hell. This is because of what you people did. Telling the disbelievers, the angels were striking them down in the battlefield, telling them, taste the punishment of God. This is the outcome of your actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do wrong to anyone. God does not oppress any soul in the least bit. This is, this is directly the outcome of your own efforts, your own choices. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, these people like the Quraysh, they acted no differently than the people of Fir'aun did before them. They disbelieved in the signs of God and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held them accountable for their sins and Allah is very strong and very harsh in dealing with such people. This all happened because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَمْ يَكُمْ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنَّ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ Allah does not change His blessing upon a people until they change what is within themselves. Until they change what is within themselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is listening to everything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything. These people, could that be Ali Fir'aun? These people were no different than the people of Fir'aun. And those who came before them. They rejected. They called the signs of, your, of their master. They called them lies. Allah says, we destroyed them because of their own sins. And we, dr we drowned the people of Fir'aun. That just like the people of Fir'aun drowned in the sea, in the ocean, these people fell and died in the battlefield of Badr. وَكُلٌّ كَانُوا ظَالِمِينَ Both of these groups were wrong in what they did. إِنَّ شَرَّ الدَّوَابِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ The worst of God's creatures are the ones who disbelieve in God, who disbelieve in Allah. الَّذِينَ عَاهَدْتَ مِنْهُمْ The people that you had made an agreement with them, and then they broke their agreement with you. Every single time. They have no consciousness. These people have no souls, no consciousness. So you, O Muhammad, if you gain dominance over them in war, then the people that are behind them Disperse by means of them those behind them. That basically now use the people that you have gave dominance over to weaken the people that are sitting behind them. Weaken their reinforcements so that they may learn a lesson. 
وإما تخافن من قوم خيانة فمبذ إليهم على سواء And if you fear that these people will lie to you, will stab you in the back, فمبذ إليهم على سواء So then what you do in that situation is you reject the agreement with them in Allah la yuhibbul khainin because Allah does not love people who are deceitful and who are liars never ever wala yahsabanna alladhina kafaru sabaqu innahum la yu'jizun and those people who disbelieve never let them assume that they are going to get away with what they're doing They should never be misunderstand. They should never assume that they're going to get away with what they're doing. If punishment doesn't come upon them in this dunya, punishment will come upon them in the life of the hereafter. And this is where Allah advises, we're right here at the end of the surah, this is where Allah advises the Prophet ﷺ and the Messenger, the Messenger ﷺ and the believers that make sure that you strengthen yourself against these people from by any means necessary and prepare even militarily for a future attack from these people and what do we find out ends up happening the battle of badr happens so that you may strike fear into their hearts these are the enemies of god and they are your enemies and there are other people beyond them who want nothing more than to be able to attack you you don't know who they are yet but allah knows who they are and allah is telling you there's plenty of people out there that want to come and get you so continue to spend in the path of Allah because everything that you spend in the path of Allah for the religion of God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fully reward you for it because Allah will never do you wrong but however if they incline towards establishing peace then accommodate peace facilitate the establishment of peace and put your faith but what if there's a little bit of paranoia what if they turn on us what if they're trying to take advantage put your faith in Allah if you think they want peace facilitate peace and then put your faith in Allah innahu huwa samiul alim because Allah hears all and Allah knows all wa in yuridu an yakhda'uka fa inna hasbakallah if they do at the end of the day still want to stab you in the back then know that Allah is enough for you Allah suffices you Allah will take care of you huwa alladhi ayyadaka bi nasrihi wa bil mu'minin he's the one who helped you o muhammad and he's the one who helped the believers in the battle of badr wa alif bayna qulubihim and he brought the hearts of the believers together. If you would have spent all the money in the earth, you couldn't have brought these people together. Before the Prophet ﷺ came to Medina, the Muslims who eventually became the Muslims of Medina, Aus and Khazraj, they hated each other. They had fought each other for generations. They had fought one another for generations. When Islam came, Allah joined all their hearts together and Allah is reminding the Prophet ﷺ, there is no human force on earth that was able to bring these people together. It was just purely the divine blessing and gift. It was a blessing and gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah says, Ya ayyun nabiyu hasbukallah wa man itabakal mu'mineen. O Prophet, Ya Nabi, always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always take care of you and all those who follow you from amongst the believers. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to conclude here, He tells the Prophet, encourage the believers to fight. That if you have 20 people who are patient, they will be able to overcome 200 people. And if you have 100 people, they will be able to overcome 1,000 people. Because these are disbelieving people who do not have the understanding of the greatness of God, the greatness of Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, however, Allah will not require you to fight in such circumstances against such heavy odds. Because He knows that there are some people who are too weak 
to be able to do that. So Allah says that if you have a hundred people with you, they can easily overcome two hundred people. If you have a thousand with you, they can overcome a thousand people. And Allah is with those who stand firm and are patient. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet about the prisoners of war at the Battle of Badr, that it is not befitting that, the mess, that a Prophet have prisoners unless and until he shed some blood within the earth. Meaning these are people who have blood on their hands. And the just thing to do would be to kill them in exchange, to punish them for the, the blood that they have shed. But that's not what the Prophet ﷺ did. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving us a reminder. He says that you want the things of this world, but Allah wants the life of the hereafter for you. Wallahu azizun hakim. Allah is again dominant and He's wise. Of course, the believers, along of course with the Prophet, they decided not to execute the prisoners. They decided to release them. And so Allah says that if God had not, Allah had not already decreed that this is what would happen, and then you would have made the incorrect choice, Allah would have punished you for it as well. Because justice is what's key. Establishing what is just, what is fair, is what is important. So take from what be feel free to take benefit from what Allah what Allah provided, what you were able to gain from the spoils of war. It is permissible and it is pure. Just always remember what taqullah. Be God conscious. Be conscious of Allah. In Allah ghafurur rahim because Allah is constantly forgiving and constantly merciful. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O Prophet, say to those people, liman fi min al-asra. Tell the prisoners that you have that if Allah knows that there is some good in your hearts, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yu'tikum khayran mimma ukhidha minkum Allah will give you something better than what was taken from you meaning Allah will give you iman islam guidance success in this life and the eternal life of the hereafter he will forgive all of your sins because Allah is forgiving and merciful and if you if they Allah tells the prophet if they really just want to stab you in the back they want to deceive you they're trying to lie to you they're trying to pull a fast one on you, then guess what? فَقَدْ خَانُوا اللَّهَ مِنْ قَبْلِ They tried to lie to Allah a long time ago. فَأَمْكَنَ مِنْهُمْ But look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dominance over them. Allah put them in their place. وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ Allah knows what everybody's up to. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ultimate wisdom. That those people who believed, they left their homes. Makkah came to Medina. Then they're willing to spend their own money they're willing to jeopardize their own lives to go out into the path of Allah. And those people who believed, and they gave shelter to these people who migrated to them. And they were willing to help the cause of the deen of Islam. These are friends and allies and brothers of one another. And those people who believed, but they were not willing to make these type of sacrifices. They themselves don't have that type of a relationship with you until they're willing to make similar sacrifices. But if even they were to ask you to help them for the sake of Islam, then you should help them. Of course, unless they're asking you to fight somebody that you have a previous agreement with. 
Wallahu bima ta'amaluna basir. This ayah demonstrates the fact that no matter what happens, a believer always strives on the side of the truth. A believer is always with the, with the, with the side of the truth and justice. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ These people who disbelieve, who reject belief in, belief in Allah and His Messenger, they are allies of one another. إِلَّا تَفْعَلُوهُ تَكُنْ فِتْنَةٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَفَسَادٌ كَبِيرٌ And so if you are not willing to deal with them, these people will not stop until they spread chaos and corruption throughout the entire earth. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَهَاجَرُوا وَجَاهَدُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ that those people, there are two types of people. Either the people who believe are willing to even abandon their own homes, like are willing to be ousted from their own homes for the sake of their belief, and the people who strive in the path of Allah. And the second group of people are those people who believe and who grant shelter to those who are exiled from their homes for the deen of Allah, and they are willing to help the cause and the cause of Islam, both of these groups of people, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ حَقَّ These are rightful, truthful believers. لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَرِزْقٌ كَرِيمٌ Allah has exclusively reserved for them forgiveness and a sustenance that is so noble that one cannot even imagine. What he means by this is, of course, not only in this life will Allah grant them dignity eventually, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them the eternal dignity of Jannah, of the life of the hereafter, of paradise. Maybe there will be some people, there will be some people, after Badr. Once he, because before Badr, the Muslims, they were the underdogs, if you want to call it that. The Muslims were the small, tattered, torn up, exiled, refugee, homeless band of misfits. Nobody wanted to side with them. Nobody wanted to join them. It meaning, aside from the tr- for the truth. But if somebody was looking to be on the winning side, that did not look like the Muslim side. If you were superficial. But once Badr happened, they had all of Arabia's attention. There are narrations about Najashi, I talked about it in some of the in, in an earlier lesson. Najashi heard about Badr. People in East Africa were talking about Badr. People in Persia were talking about Badr. People in Rome were talking about Badr. News spread far and wide. So now Allah is advising the people of Badr, the Muslims who were there. When things were not so glamorous and things were not looking so good. From the outside looking in, things didn't look so good. That now people will feel more confident and comfortable coming to Islam, coming to the Muslim community. The people who were there in the early days should never ever hold it against them. That now you want to come? Now? Oh, now you want to come. Oh, okay. When we didn't have food to eat, when we looked like we were being let out like lambs to the slaughter, then you wanted nothing to do with us. You said, we'll sit comfortably back here and watch. But now that we defeat them, Quraysh, Makkah, 
Now that everyone recognizes that we're a force to be dealt with, to be reckoned with, now you want to come and join us? And how many times have we seen that type of sentiment? Sometimes somebody new comes to the community, offers a suggestion, we're like, who are you? Huh? Where did you come from? I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. I haven't seen you here. Now you want to give me suggestions? Now you have all these great ideas? Now you come? Where were you when we were praying in a shopping center? Where were you when we were praying in an apartment? Right? We did all of this. We built all of this. Now you're going to come and tell us how we should run things? Now you want to be a part of the party. Now you want to come and join the, 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 the victory party. So a lot of times that sentiment is very common. We see that. But the Prophet, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here advises the believers, the Sahab of Badr, don't ever develop that mentality. The people who will believe later will come later. And they have made sacrifices. They will leave their homes. They will come and stand by your side and fight by your side. They are one of you. Don't you ever discriminate against them. You're like family amongst one another. In the eyes and the sight of God, you're like family. Whether you understand that or not. In Allah Allah knows everything. So if you harbor ill will, ill sentiment, if you harbor arrogance, conceit, entitlement, inside of your heart against other people who will come to Islam later, Allah knows. Allah knows what's in your heart. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very powerfully at the end of the surah, He advises the people who made sacrifices in the early days, you've done a great thing. Just don't let it get to your head. Stay humble, keep your head down, and keep working. Always stand at the doors with your arms wide open. Welcoming people in, embracing people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this ability to be able to constantly welcome people and embrace people into the community. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to implement all the lessons that we've learned from the Battle of Badr and from this beautiful, powerful surah of the Qur'an, Surah Al-Anfas, surah number 8. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to practice everything that was said and heard. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu bihamdik, nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nasakhfirku wa natubu ilayk.